you pass up the opportunity to spit blood in Joan Baez's face? Face, face, face. Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast. Before we get this extravaganza underway, before we go ahead and run downhill with whatever the fuck I got to say to you guys, let me go ahead and reach out right now and say this. Charles Jousma, Charles Jousma, Charles Hosma, I don't know how you pronounce your name. If you're Brazilian, the J is silent. I know that, so you could be Charles Husma. Perhaps you're Charles Jousma. All I know is I like saying your name, Charles Jousma, and I'm going to say it over and over again here on this show. Hi, I'm, aren't you glad you wrote me a fucking email? I bet you are. Um, Charles Jousma is our friend. Here's who Charles is. You know, every week I do this show, I start out, I'm like, hey, how you doing, folks? I'm good. Thanks for asking. How are you? And then I go, you didn't really ask, but I'm asking you. Hopefully you're well. It's become a crutch if anything, and I do it all the time now. And I, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not fond of myself for falling into any sort of a loop or repeating myself in any certain way. I mean, it's, it's going to go right in the old uh, bonfire along with literally, which I used to say all the time in the beginning uh, of the years of this show. I may still say it, uh, but I know I said it a bunch before, as well as uh, I'm not going to lie to you folks, which is such a crutch that a listener, I think it was Tom Faust, perhaps, Faust! went ahead and said, I've been listening to the 40-year-old boy for 11 years, and I can tell you this, he's not going to lie to me. He wrote that on Twitter. And uh, you know what that did? It elicited crickets. Actually, it made crickets get Twitter accounts just so they could Twitter their chirps. That's what they wanted. They wanted to tweet their chirps at how much nobody cared about that line from our boy. Um, but thanks uh, for making fun of me on Twitter. I appreciate that very much, Tom Faust. Uh, so the, on the bonfire, we've got, uh, how you doing, folks? I'm good. Thanks for asking. That's gone. Literally, um, the point is that's another one too. Oh fuck. Does that thing come lurking? And every time it comes out of my mouth, I see a neon sign that says the point is remember when Burt Reynolds saw the sign that said Dirk Diggler, it was neon and it all exploded. That's what I see when I see the point. I say the point is, well, the point is folks, uh, I just see a neon sign with that blinking. I, you know what? I should get all of these as neon signs. Perhaps I should set up a basement somewhere. Uh, it won't be in California because I don't have a basement. What if I did? What if I dug a hole through the ground just to have a fucking underground lair underneath my apartment? That sounds like some shit out of Mindhunter. That's like, yeah, this is my apartment. It's nice. Uh, got a green screen and uh, painted uh, blue all over the place, except for the bedroom. Bedroom's painted green. And uh, if you take a look here, we can lift up this flap of rug. And this is where I keep my mom's head. It's, uh, it's kept in a hole in the ground in plastic wrap. Hi, I'm Ed Kemper. Uh, Mindhunter's coming back from what I understand. I didn't see the first season of Mindhunter. David Fincher's a busy guy. Dude, Netflix, I'll tell you what Netflix is doing. I don't have Netflix yet, but Netflix is, they're getting into bed with all the directors. They got Scorsese's thing coming out. Did you see that? Uh, all right, did you see the trailer for The Irishman? Uh, <laughs> I wanted to love it. I wanted to think it was going to be great. I'm still rooting for it because I love Martin Scorsese. Um, and, uh, I guess Al Pacino's playing Jimmy Hoffa in that movie, which as you know, I was, look, I was in the definitive Jimmy Hoffa movie. There's no doubt about that. When you go ahead and find it, I think it's called Hoffa. You might want to go ahead and look that up. Jack Nicholson plays Hoffa. Danny DeVito plays a fictional truck driver. A, a young John C. Riley 
is involved in a brawl in a, in a huge outdoor patch of land that involves yours truly, as well as two of my siblings and a guy who liked to say peas and carrots and fruit cocktail, a guy who was fucking in charge of everybody, but that's a, you know what, go ahead and buy year two or year three. When did I tell that fucking story? Year four? I don't even know. Peas and carrots, peas and carrots, fruit cocktail. <laughs> fruit cocktail. My brother Andy's hilarious. All right. Um, so Charles Jasma, uh, I'm not going to lie to you folks. Charles Jasma wrote me an email. I did it on purpose. Don't, don't yell. Uh, he wrote me an email. He literally wrote me an email, Charles Jasma. And, and the point is, folks, he wanted to reach out and he said, hey, uh, Mike, here's the thing. I'm good. Thanks for asking. And I was like, and it was this weird thing when I read it and I realized, oh, that's, I said that on the show. And then he was very nice. And he said, uh, you know, that he had gone through some tough times and then, uh, and, and in those tough times, he was unable to listen to the show, but thankfully, uh, things have turned around for our good buddy, Charles Jasma that he's gone. He's gone from fucking six to 12 baby. He's got his hands at 10 and two, I guess he's driving somewhere cool. <laughs> I don't know, but he enjoys listening to the show and hears the show now, which makes me happy. And, uh, he says that normally I, he doesn't think I'm looking for answers, but he knew that this time I truly wanted to know. And he thought it would be rude not to send me a note. And, and in this note, he says, uh, Mike, how are you? And so Charles, here's what I'll say, buddy. Um, I'm okay. I'm okay. I could be, you know, certainly I could be better. We've all, we're all chasing things that we're probably not going to catch and stuff like that, but I think I'm fine. I mean, as you're hearing the show now, you're hearing that, uh, I, you know, my state of mind is okay. I will tell you this. It's not okay. Uh, super okay. I'm learning this week just how much of a fuss budget I really am. I can tell you that about myself. I'm, uh, <laughs> cause at present I'm in Canada, as you know, I'm, I'm in the land of Canada and I am here. I'm in, uh, I'm, I'm in, uh, I, you know, I used to call it America's pants, but, uh, or America's hat, but I think I live in Canada's pants. Canada is truly important to me these days. And uh, it's certainly moved past the, uh, American hat status. So maybe it's, uh, could it be a, just America's what visor? I don't know if it's a visor. I don't want it to be a visor. That visors are for dicks. Don't wear a visor unless you're John Gruden. Literally, unless you're John Gruden, John Daly, or somebody else with a fucking golf club. Don't wear a goddamn visor. They're just brutal. What are they? You're shielding your eyes from what? The sun at that point, and your scalp's gonna roast. So then later on, you're gonna sleep. You're gonna have a roasted scalp, and uh, great, you got your eyesight. So what? You can look at the mirror and see your beet red fucking scalp. Watch all the peeling happening. Ever see a bald guy peel? Holy fuck, is that nasty? Fuck you, cantaloupe head. Get into a goddamn house. Leave us all free of your fucking disgusting skin flakes. Oh, I just don't get it. Nature's terrible, right? I watched, I watched a movie recently and it was, uh, it was kind of like a war movie, kind of a documentary type of thing. And they kept showing people dying and falling into water. Uh, and I'm, and in my brain, I'm like, you know what, man, that means, I mean, imagine now like every body of water, there's death in it. There's death in every body of water, even in your bathtub. Somebody died in your bathtub. I'm saying it right now, unless you saw them build it, somebody died in your bathtub because that is the test. You know how they have crash tests? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I made myself laugh. I couldn't even get the idea out. I was so proud of myself. I was going to say, you know, they have crash test dummies and they make them get smashed up over and over again in a car. Look, I know you don't think this is funny and I, I, I understand, but for some reason it's striking me as the funniest thing I've ever thought of because it just seems like a natural progression to go here. I said, people have been killed in your bathtub and here's why. Because with crash test dummies, when they... <laughs> They test cars. They use the crash test dummies over and over and they get smashed up and they're sad. We saw those commercials that are all like, oh no, I need a seatbelt. And what the fuck, Dodge or whatever the fuck the crash test dummies sent to one another. But even worse than that, that's the same ghouls who thought of using crash test dummies to smash cars 
<laughs> Again, please, I know this isn't funny to you. Do you ever get you hear something and you're just like, Jesus Christ. And I thought of this. I dude, if I think of some funny shit, sorry, man, I'm gonna fucking laugh at it because it's stupid. But <laughs> there've been deaths. Every bathtub's had somebody die in it. I just love the idea of that. Hold on, Christ. Uh the same ghouls who came up with the crash test dummies testing cars decided to test the safety of bathtubs by killing somebody in each one of them before they were shipped off to your local appliance store or whatever the fuck. Oh, they applied that last coat of resin and they're like, all right, bring in the homeless guy. And they dumb in the tub and they cut his throat to make sure it doesn't stain because the resin's just strong enough. Oh, Jesus. I love the idea of them just having an assembly line of murder as they test bathtubs of all things. I mean, you would think that's like saying, look, if you have guns, you're testing guns, you're testing knives. But just that leap that these guys would just go, yeah, you know what? Uh, bathtub looks good. I like a good clawfoot tub. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Is it, is, do we know if it's truly safe if we haven't killed anybody in it yet? And someone, I'll tell you what, one guy came up with that idea and it sounds like a crazy idea, but then a couple other dudes at the bathtub house were just like, yeah, you know what? That's a solid idea. Let's go find a drifter and execute him inside of our claw foot. Oh Christ. And they throw him in the tub and they kill him and then it turns out to be safe. So then they go ahead and ship it to fucking Best Buy or wherever the fuck. And then you buy it at Home Depot or Lowe's. If you're in Lowe's, go ahead and climb in that tub and go, ah, ha, ha, I'm safer in this tub than the guy who they killed in it. But at least I know it'll be safe in my house. Um, so I, I am, a, as I said, I'm a fuss budget here in Canada. I don't even know how, the, how I got, how did I spit into fucking tubs? And I don't even know. Um, but I'm in Canada and uh, I'm I'm not... I recorded the show on the road before, as you know. I recorded at my ex's house. I recorded in fucking airports. I recorded into a phone in my car. I mean, I, I've, I've, you know what? Part of me wants to be like sad about that, or part of me wants to be like, yeah, Jesus Christ, I've done some weird shit. Like I've recorded into a phone in a car before in a neighborhood. People walked by and looked at me. I've recorded at my pool when autistic Steven came over and he wanted to go ahead and ask about microphones and sound, uh, and, and all that shit. You know, I've I've done this everywhere. And part of me is just like, God, that's almost kind of weirdly embarrassing that I've gone. But I go the other way. Fuck that, man. That means I was willing to do the goddamn show anywhere to bring you guys entertainment every fucking week. Now, entertainment's a strong word, certainly. And there might be quotation marks around it for some of you. Uh, certainly not a Charles Jousma, although we, we understand he abandoned us for a while, which is okay because he's come back around and he's feeling good about himself and he's back on board with the goddamn show. That's the thing, man. We're always here. Well, uh, I'm the, I'm the Motel Schmitz, six, Motel six of Schmitz didn't rhyme with six, uh, Motel six of a podcast. We'll leave the light on for you. So just go ahead and pop in here and say, hi, anytime you want. I'll always be here. I'm not going anywhere. Literally and figuratively. Uh, <laughs> So I'm a, I'm a fuss budget folks. I don't like, I don't like being out of my element. That's what I'm, I, that was the point. I, I've recorded all sorts of different places with all sorts of different methods. I've recorded into a phone. I've used microphones, things like that. And I've done it at other people's house. I've recorded in this very house I'm sitting in right now, our buddy Ken's house in Canada, in Canada. I've gone here and I've recorded before, but it's just, uh, it's always a, it's, it's like, you know, when you sleep over at somebody's house, it's just always a little different. Maybe their towel smells weird. Maybe the rug doesn't feel good enough when you're walking around barefoot. And you got to sleep in your uh, boxer briefs because you don't want to sleep naked in somebody else's house because that's freaky and weird. So you got to respect their place. Um, so I, I'm a little out of sorts whenever I have to record some dirt different. And, and I'm even more out of sorts today. If you listen to yesterday's teaser trailer, which I know you did, and if you've recovered, 
sufficiently from having your ears destroyed by the sound quality of said recording. Um, you know what happened to me. I wound up leaving for uh, Canada on Monday, and I headed out to the Burbank airport. And uh, I, I, I'll tell you exactly how it happened. I went through TSA. I showed the woman my, my license or whatever the fuck, and then I walked through. And then I, I'm always prepared because at TSA, they take apart my bag because the microphone looks like a gun. That's just the way it works. They're, every time they go through the bag and they do the swipe thing and they're like, all right, what is it? I said, it's a microphone. It's a microphone. Then they still have to pull it out and pull out all of my shirts. And I've packed so carefully, but it doesn't matter. They throw everything into a pile and they go, okay, you're good to go. Oh, am I good to go now? Now that you've rifled your disgusting hands through all of my stuff and then just left it here in a pile on a silver table that earlier you probably changed a baby on, you fuck. So now I got fucking baby shit on my shirts. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants a shirt full of baby shits. Uh, <laughs> that's wait. You know what? I said it right. Because in my head, I'm like, do I want a shit full of baby shirts? No, I, I want. Oh, I, who wants a shit full of baby shirts? That mean, you know what? That I got to worry about your dietary restrictions at that point. Or you're just like a monster. You're a baby eating monster. Who who would have that? Who would have a shirt full of baby shits? No, that's what I would have. Who would have a shit full of baby shirts? That's got to be like a golem or somebody, right? Some kind of crazy baby-eating monster. Or Pharaoh. Wasn't Pharaoh a baby-eater? Well, he didn't really eat anybody. He just put him to death. Uh, they went around and they painted like a red X on everybody's fucking door. And then the dudes showed up from Pharaoh's house. And they're like, ha-ha. And then they lance the baby and they throw him in the fucking river. And then he floats around in a wire basket. And then there's the chick from the monsters. And everybody's like, what? How is she in here? And why is she hot? And then Pharaoh's like, ho-ho, I'm bald. Oh, Ten Commandments. Why didn't I watch you this Easter? I think I have the DVD for that. I love it. Now, there's one scene where you can see Ann Russell's tits, like right through her fucking gauzy blouse, which is, you know, I'll tell you what, the 11th commandment is Ann Russell's got great tits. <laughs> oh man, not, not bad at all. Certainly for back then. Um, and you can see why she was Nefertiri, right? Nefertiri or Nefertiti? I think she was Nefertiri. Uh, she's the one who gets jealous because she wants to fucking rail Moses. And then Moses is like, ha ha, I can't do it. You're Pharaoh's girl. And she's like, well, then you're a slave. Go break me a brick. And he's like, fuck it. I'll do it. And she's like, wait, no, fuck me. And he's like, no, I can't. I got bricks to break. Remember, you just ordered me to do this business. And then he found a bush that was on fire and it wasn't hers. And she was even more jealous. And then she was so mad. And then she tried to get Pharaoh to kill him and kill all his babies and all that kind of shit. And uh, see, the whole point is Nefertiri is the villain of the Bible because men wrote it. Nobody wants to make Pharaoh the villain. Nobody wants to make some guy a villain. Of course, some woman has to take it in the face because a guy is all fucking sensitive. And he's like, yeah, he probably, you know what? That same dude is probably like the first incel. And he tried to ask out Nefertiri sometime for prom. And she's like, "Ah, I would never date a guy like you. And he's like, all right, fuck this. We're writing the Bible. And in like 30 years, Ann Russell's going to play you in a movie and she's going to have great tits. But everybody still know that you're the kind of the skank who ruined the Bible. And she's going to go, you're going to write a Bible? You're going to a movie in 30 years? What are you writing a Bible? And he was like, leave me alone. And then he went and hid in his lair. And he wrote his fucking uh, uh, manifesto. And then he hid under the rug in my uh, apartment with his mother's head in a plastic wrap. <laughs> That's the eye of the only lair in town. Um, all right, we just spun off the planet there on something. And I don't remember how. Oh, I'm in Canada. Hi, that's where I'm at. And so I get to the airport and in TSA, I tell them it looks like a gun, you know, and they pull out all my fucking clothes and they rifle through and then like leave all the stuff there. It's a drag. So uh, my bags went through unmolested today. They came strolling through the fucking belt and I'm like, oh, that's fucking gorgeous. How did they not even pull out my, oh, fuck. Literally, that's what it was. I, I'm, I'm standing by the conveyor belt and that's how it went in my brain. It, it, the, my, they went through, they put my laptop and my suitcase through. And I said, oh, awesome. They didn't have to pull it out. Why didn't they? Oh, fuck. And I knew that I had, and I had left my microphone at my house and, you know, I posted it on Facebook and the people are like, well, you should totally bump your flight and go home and get your microphone. And I'm like, eh, I, I mean, no, I mean, just because granted I was in Burbank. Okay. But that would have meant 
like another, like a $35 round trip Uber ride just to go get my microphone. And there was no guarantee that I would be able to bump the flight because I was flying from Burbank. Cause I, cause here's why if I'd have flown early in the morning, I could have absolutely gotten another flight, but I flew at like three 15 in the afternoon. And we're looking at a three hour time difference where I'm flying. So I, that's that deal where you're going to get in super late anyway. So I flew in to Chicago and then I had an hour layoff, uh, hour and a half layover, I think. And then I had to head over to Buffalo and I didn't get to Buffalo until fucking like 1230. So, I mean, there weren't very much, many later flights that it could have taken. So I had to just kind of fucking whiff on it and hope there was something I could do in Canada. And, uh, I grabbed my bags and then I posted it on Facebook. And then this is awesome. My new friend, Renee, uh, who was a, a, a Maki's best friend. And she and I made our, I made her acquaintance in a, during a very terrible time, certainly, but it was nice that Renee, and then Renee joined the Jokers. I don't know if she listens to the show or not. I know she said that Maki would make her listen to the show, uh, which made me very happy. And, and, uh, and so seeing, so Renee posted, I posted it on Facebook. I'm just like, Hey, yeah, guess what? I forgot my fucking microphone. This is brilliant. And then Renee said, what airport are you at? I'm, I'm in Burbank. And I wrote, so am I, do you have a microphone I can use for a week? And she's like, ha ha. And then I looked at my phone and then out of nowhere, Renee walks up to me right there in the Burbank airport. It was fucking cool. I gave up, uh, I stood up and gave her a hug and, and uh, she was with her son. They were traveling to her back where she lives. And, uh, and she was, it was great talking because she's, um, I will tell you when I, as you know, I'm not a, I'm not a wake guy. Not that any of you are at your best at awake, but I'm just, eh. All I want to do is I, you know, I do this, I'm funny. So because I want to avoid the uncomfortable stuff that is happening and the real reason we're all there, I just, I try to be as uh, entertaining and glib and funny as possible, which is probably bad. Um, but I went to the, I met Renee actually at the memorial service, not the wake. I don't believe, um, because I didn't go to the wake and I didn't go to the funeral, but I did go to the memorial service and our friend Renee was there and I met her there, but then seeing her in the airport with her son, that was really cool. Hold on. Oh Christ. All right. Here's my fuss budgety ways. Um, <laughs> my equipment is not, uh, stable. So I'm trying not to, if, if, if there was just a noise right there, I apologize. And I'll explain it uh, post haste. Um, but first I will tell you that Renee and I hung out in the airport and then we boarded the plane and I was, uh, she was ahead of me. She was a 30 and then I thought it was a 60, but it turned out I was a 45. I boarded the plane. And when I got on, cause I had said her, I, cause her son was, uh, her son is, uh, a slip of a man. He's a teenager, but he's very thin. He's rail thin. And so I was like, hey, you know, maybe I could sit by you guys. Like, what seat do you sit in? And she's like, I sit in the aisle. I said, well, dude, I would totally love to sit by the window. I said, but uh, that unfortunately is going to squish your son between me and uh, and you. And I'm sure he's going to have to lean on you. And that's not going to be comfortable for anybody. And she was like, no, you, we could make that happen probably. But she didn't ask him. She just told me that it would happen because she's polite. But then uh, they got on the plane ahead of me. And I don't know how the fuck they did it, but they went up in like row four, which in Southwest, it is a death fucking rattle, death march to get to the goddamn main seats. Any of the fir- the first 30 people on the plane are going to take the first five rows. You walk in, all of those seats are full. I, I don't know who has to get off the plane that quickly. If you've got a fine transfer or something like that, or you've got to catch another flight, that makes sense. I've never understood the sitting in the front of the plane, unless there's some fucking statistics. There's some weird thing where it's like, hey, people who sit in the front of the plane will live more often in a crash. First of all, and I'm sure I'm jinxing this because I'm going to be on planes the whole fucking month. There hasn't been a plane crash since when? I'm going to I'm gonna venture to say since the Wright brothers. That was the last plane crash we had in this country. Now, everywhere else, forget it. It's a fucking death trap. There's like a, a, a what's that plane? The, the 736. And they still keep trotting them out. Like they, they put some of them on the shelf, but then the rest of them, they're like, well, you know, this isn't such a bad plane. <laughs> I'm like, okay. They're like, well, maybe it's not the 736. Maybe it was just those two 736s or those four 736s that crashed. I don't fucking know. Uh, but yeah, we, I, I think the Wright brothers was the last real 
plane crash we had in this country. So I don't, I don't sweat it. I don't worry about a plane crash. But even if I did worry about a plane crash, I get, look, all right, I'm not telling you anything you don't know as human beings. This instinct people have to where like, well, you know, the statistics say that if you sit in the front of the plane, you're going to survive a plane crash. Nope. No. Uh, the statistics say that nobody is surviving the plane crash. I'm sorry. You're going into the ground at 800 miles an hour. You're just, you're just the bug on the windshield, but from the inside, man, we're not fucking surviving this thing. And do you really want to survive a plane crash? Honestly, you're just covered in human soup and fucking bits of brain and bone. You're standing up and just like, oh, I made it. You grab your carry on and what, mosey? I mean, that's going to fucking scar you forever. If you, man, if you survive some kind of event like that, like a fucking crazy ass uh, plane crash or some weird disaster, some car crash that kills like 71 people except you. By the way, I think I just named the worst road disaster in U.S. history. I don't know where any, there was a crash where 71 people died. Jesus, fuck. Do me a favor. Slow down. Buckle up. That's what I say to you folks. Buckle up. Go ahead and, and click it or, or, or tick it. That's what I say. Cl- click it or or grave casket. Click it or casket. There you go. How about that? Click it or casket. Uh... <laughs> Because, man, 71 people just died in a... I don't know if you heard. I look, folks, I don't know if you've heard this. 71 people died in a, a horrifying crash on the fucking freeway. And uh, and that's more people than die every single day testing bathtubs. That's a lot of goddamn people, boy. Um. So, I, just sitting in the front of the plane, who thinks they're going to survive a goddamn plane crash? Nobody. I, I just... I can't imagine walking away from a tragedy like that. What would you do with yourself? How do you think you're the lucky one? How do you... I mean, I get imposter syndrome thinking I'm not good at this sometimes, even though I'm clearly fucking great at it. Just ask Charles Jow- Charles Jowsma. Um, but otherwise, I, I I think to myself, man, I if you survived, you're the only survivor of a plane crash. If you Jeff Bridges fearless the fucking thing and you walked away, uh, first of all, you'd be a media superstar. You'd be on forever. Like, uh, isn't that another? There's another movie that happened, like Hero, right? Isn't that a movie where somebody survives a plane crash? Or uh, or no? Um, yeah, there's a plane crash, and then Dustin Hoffman steals somebody's shoes, and then Andy Garcia steals his shoes. I don't fucking know. It's just, it's one of those, it's a terrible movie. It's one of those things where you're like, that's a pretty fun idea. And then the execution on it is a fucking whiff, man. Unlike Fearless, which, by the way, is a fantastic movie. But just the idea, the concept of you being the only person to survive a plane crash and then having to deal with that every day, like, you would wake up in the morning and be like, why me? And then you would think to yourself, I am destined for greater things. Uh, and just like Jeff Bridges, you probably think I am fucking indestructible, man. Fuck this. I'm just going to eat junk food and fucking murder people. This is going to be amazing. I'm the king. Uh, although I don't think you'd be saved to murder people. What if that was, what if you, uh, people always do that. We're like, I've got a higher purpose. Jesus saved me for this reason. What if people are like, I've got a higher purpose. Jesus saved me so I can exterminate the human race. Like all of a sudden you think you're some kind of weird antichrist. Look, man, if you're the only guy who survives a plane crash, that's the kind of shit that's got to flow through your fucking brain. Uh, other than thank God I sat in the front of the plane, which I don't know if you've heard is the safest place. I know my friend Renee thinks so. Um, so I got on the plane, she's in row fucking four or whatever. And I'm just like, I, you know what? I said, I can't because, uh, here's why. All right. Let's, uh, let's get back to my fuss budgety ways. Uh, she sat in a, on the, on the right side of the plane and she was in the aisle and her, her young steed or her young, uh, ward, let's go that her ward, her son, he's in the middle seat. And I didn't want to squish that kid. You know, I feel terrible about it. But also at the same time, and, because I will show, oh, let me tell you this. When I approached, when she was like, I'm the A30. I was like, oh, maybe I'll tag on and get on with you guys and I'll sit by you. I said, because Ryan's a slight man and I'll go ahead and have some more room. That'll be fantastic. And she's like, well, we can do that. And then, uh, 
And, but then I said to her immediately, I was this thing where I'm like, Hey, can I sit? Like, where do you like to sit? She said the aisle. I said, Oh, I can maybe sit by you guys. And then there was a beat and I go, I will not talk to you the entire flight. And she just started laughing. And I go, I seriously, I will put in earbuds. I'm not, I'm not trying. She goes, Oh yeah. When I get on a plane, I just watch a movie. She goes, I don't want to talk to anybody. I go, well, that's exactly me. I go to sleep. I put in my earbuds and I crash because I didn't want her to think that I was going to sit by her. Then to chatter up, hi, you know, how, boy, look at this sky. I mean, just fuck. There's plain small talks, the worst small talk of all time. Wow, pretzels, uh, so fucking bad. So I, I wanted to let her know right away that if I sat by her, it wasn't going to be any sort of fucking extravaganza where I wanted to talk to her. She needed to entertain me or whatever the fuck. And I certainly wasn't going to bother her son. So I, I've stressed that. But then when I got on the plane, again, fuss budgety waves. She's sitting in row four, and by row four I mean row six. She's in the uh, the aisle seat, and then her, her faithful son is there in the middle seat. Why does he have to have an ad- adjective every time I describe him? It's her son. He's a good kid. Um, I guess good kid would also have an adjective in it. God damn it. <laughs> Doesn't hair nuts. So uh, I, I looked at their row, and while the window seat was available, check. On the right-hand side of the plane, check. Uh, <laughs> you're going to laugh. I, I have to sit where my shoulder recesses into the window and like the, the bulk, like the little wall bump that comes out is, is further away from my shoulder. Cause I, you know, I wear my hoodie, I put in my earbuds and I tuck my hands in and then I lean into the window. Cause I, I lean as far away as I can from my neighbor. Uh, but first I, Alaman left that neighbor and then I bow to my neighbor and then I bow to my partner and Alaman left up at you, do see do away we go high square dancing. I, uh, I lean into the window, uh, and go to sleep. So I can't have even, even that little extra three inches, two inches of room from the wall to the window is very important to me. I can't do it. And she sat in an aisle where the, I would have been leaning directly into the wall rather than the window. And I was like, ah, fuck. So she was very kind, but I just said, oh, I, I go, you're going to think I'm an idiot. I, uh, I can't sit there because of that wall thing. I can't lean into it. I need to lean into the window. And, it, and her eyes had glazed over at that point because she was just happy that I said, nope, I can't. She was like, good, goodbye, go sit somewhere else. Uh, and so I did. I went down and I sat in 17, 17, 17. Oh, that doesn't work. It's, uh, you know, I was trying to do, I was trying to do 17 to the tune of Tennessee, but thinking of Paul Hardcastle's 19, when in reality I should have just pivoted and said, let the rain come down, let the rain come down and done 17 days by Prince, which is top five Prince songs of all time. In my opinion. Thank you. Um, sat in 17, put on my earbuds and, uh, there was a disturbance on the plane. They started to announce stuff on the, the loudspeaker and, uh, you know, I got my earbuds in. Uh, I never, I never pay attention to that stuff. I mean, you got to look, there has to be a dude standing up throwing bombs, like really just throwing punches at people for me to get involved. I, I, I just, I'm not an air marshal. Uh, so I figured they can all sort it out. If they needed me, they'd come get me. That's my point. And I will tell you this, when we took off, uh, I, and uh, look, people are fantastic. Air travel is, is it should be a miracle, but everybody treats it like a fucking bus now. So I go and I find my seat on 17 and it turns out there's a fucking, I, uh, fuck soccer team. I don't know. Varsity yell club. I don't fucking know what they were, but it was a whole group of kids with chaperones and they get on the plane and you know, they're all together. Cause they're wearing matching t-shirts 
And they're all, hey, they're all acting up and talking and like shoving each other and ha 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 planes. And I'm like, oh, fuck this. Nobody wants this to happen now. But again, I don't mind because they're not going to sit by me. I'm going to put my earbuds in and go to sleep and they're not going to bother me. But I will tell you this, we take off and for, I had nobody sitting next to me uh, in the middle seat. However, in the aisle seat was a, one of the kids who was from the, the camp or whatever the fuck. So he's there in his chair and he immediately brings out his Kindle or fucking whatever he's got, an iPad, a fucking something to keep him busy. Thankfully, get these kids some activities so they don't bother the rest of the passengers. Well, that lasted until they got in the air. And then the second these kids got in the air, they, uh, they, they treated the plane like it was the clubhouse and dazed and confused. There was a foosball table all of a sudden. I don't know where it came from. Wooderson showed up and asked somebody to go buy beer, and he did. I don't know where he got it from, the cockpit, the captain. But these kids walked around as if they were, it, it was like, just, it was like they were at a party. Like they were just completely nonchalant. They, none of them fastened their seatbelts. There's a sign, damn it. There's a goddamn sign. Put your seatbelts on, click it or casket. You heard me earlier. Uh, but they walked all over the plane and they would do this thing where they were playing games, like car, some of them playing card games. Some of them were playing, I, I'm sure that what did the kids play today? The angry birds. Uh, I think they were looking for Pokemon on the plane. Somebody caught a fucking Sneezilla. I don't know what they're called, but they just, they treated the whole fucking plane like a rumpus room. It's like, what the fuck, man? Just grab your, and then chaperones, and even the chaperones, the chaperones would just walk around and ask them, if the kids, if they were okay, nobody said, Hey, get in your fucking seats, man. There's an airplane. There's other people who paid to be on this goddamn thing. Not that they didn't pay. I'm sure they're not flying them free. What if they were, that's what if that's the thing I got to pay to fly everywhere, but fucking varsity yell club who walks around loitering. Cause they were loitering in the air. Sky loitering has got to be a fucking crime. There's got to be somebody who's on the, there's an air marshal. Shoot one of these kids with a zip gun. Just put them the fuck down. Give him a nice electrical charge through his fucking carotid artery and watch the rest of them sit the fuck down quick. Nobody's going to go ahead and just fucking walk around the plane like it's the goddamn Playboy Mansion. Literally, some kid's got a highball. He's walking around with a robe. got a fucking neckerchief tucked in. Just sit the fuck down and and read a book or, or, I don't know, get out an iPad. And what do you do on an iPad? Are there games? What do kids do these days? Are there, are, is there some, go, go stream on Twitch. Do that. I know kids do that. Stream. Do sky streaming. Uh, you don't want to do sky loitering. Do some sky streaming. But these kids are playing like Uno and whatever the fuck, and they're walking around and there's and they're cloistered over one another. There because there's three seats in a in a section, right? There's three on one side of the plane, three on the other side of the plane. There's easily five kids. There's three sitting down. One's leaning across. The other one's leaning over the back of his seat, and they're rolling dice. And they're just they're smoking Lucy's. They're passing out cigarettes. It's just one of them's got a fucking will 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 sit down for food sign, just daring me to give him fucking some kind of snack. Uh, and they just own the fucking plane and, and they're walking around and, and look, and again, it did not really bother me because I'm sleeping and I'm alone. But every time I would open my eyes, it was just this weird fucking Chinese fire drill. Well, 8,000 dudes are at 8,000 different seats. The chaperone, oh, this guy made me, all of a sudden I look over, like I said, there's a kid sitting next to me. I go to sleep, I wake up and, uh, and apparently this kid visited the Zoltar machine because now he is big. There's a chaperone sitting there now. And uh, he gets up and he's like, how, and he literally, this, he stands up. I swear to God, he just goes, anybody hungry? Like loud. And so he's as bad as the kids now. He thinks they run the plane. I don't know if he's talking to everybody. He might've been talking to everybody. I have no idea, but I don't think he brought enough snacks for everyone. But I think he just meant anybody wearing the goofy ass t-shirt. And so people are like, me, me. And so he goes to the back of the plane because his fucking bags are in the back. And he walks up and this is just, here is, look, I know you're in a plane 
and it's air travel. So obviously you have some kind of money. You've got something saved up. But these motherfuckers, this dude walks up. He's got a bag of Cheetos, like that industrial size bag. Not the fucking, because there's like, I'm very, I go shopping for chips all the fucking time, unfortunately, because I'm a monster. And there's regular size, and then there's party size. Or I'm sorry, there's family size, and then there's party size. Well, these were the party size Cheetos, ladies and gentlemen. It's just, it's like a feed bag that you would strap on two horses at once. It's just gigantic. And fucking Cheetos, listen, I am not a fan. I must admit to you, I do not care for the Cheetos. I don't care for the Cheeto dust. It's a little sharp for me. I think they're kind of crunchy. They fuck up the top of your mouth. If I'm going to fuck up the top of my mouth, it's going to be with Captain Crunch with a nice milk back. I'm going to get Captain Crunch with a milk back. I'm not going to go Cheetos just fucking destroying my mouth. That's like chewing aquarium gravel. Just fucking awful. So, uh, but it doesn't matter. He brings out the giant bag and then get this. Uh, and this is our, here's, he had poor people luggage and I hate poor people luggage, but he had fucking poor people luggage. And look, I got no problem with poor people. I got no problem with luggage, but if you put them together, it's just kind of, it just looks, you're just, you're just hobo fucking Johnson at that point. Just get a bindle and a stick, some fingerless gloves and go down and dodge the bulls at the railroad yard. Could you do that for me? This dude had, get this, brace your fucking selves. And I'm sure you're going to be like, what, Mike? That sounds fine. No, it is not fine. Look, we all like bread. I'm not supposed to be eating carbs these days. I'm supposed to be going full keto, but I don't mind a bread. So this cat obviously enjoyed bread. Because you know when you buy a loaf of bread, it comes in a bag, like a plastic bag, like a cellophane. Well, not cellophane. That would be fucking weird. It's wrapped up like a CD. Uh, you know, I, I do that. I actually buy each individual slice of bread wrapped up like a CD. It's got cellophane in it. I have to get a letter opener and pierce the top. Slide it out of there. <laughs> Cellophane-y fresh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be the name. Let me write the number down here. All righty. There we go. <laughs> I'll probably be the name. So um, I hate having to tell you that because I hate having to stop fucking down. Ooh, the name. Stop the whole recording process. Just write down the fucking name, you dope. So this fucking, uh, you know, so I, like I said, I buy individual slices of bread wrapped in cellophane, maybe because I'm a rich guy, I'm a rich guy and I've gone too far, but you know, it don't matter anyway. I can't survive on my bread cellophane money. I can't provide on my single bread money. Uh, so this dude had a loaf of bread at one time in his life. So at least he's got that kind of coin. He's got, he's got at least two bucks at some point. And he bought a loaf of bread and he consumed that bread. He ate it all. Mmm, Delicious. Uh, and then he thought to himself, well, you know what? I could just throw away this bag that previously contained bread and crumbs, but no, no, you know what I'm going to do? I, I have to remember I, I have, I have an international flight coming up. So I, there's a good chance I'm going to need this at 35,000 fucking feet. So this idiot saves the bread bag and, and decides that that's some kind of sky luggage. And, and you know what? Buy a fucking Playmate cooler, man. It's 20 bucks. Instead of saving cellophane or whatever the fuck, plastic wrap from a goddamn loaf of bread and turning that into some sort of weird transportation device because that's what he did. And get this. Here's what he did. And I recognized it and I saw it and I was like, no, because this is probably how he handled his whole fucking morning. You know what's in the bread? Now, let me ask you this. He's got, he, he had a loaf of bread. I've given it away already. I've given away the, the ghost. I've given up the bag that he did not have bread in the bag. Well, I, I, let me take that back. I, he did not have slices of bread. There was not a loaf of bread in the bag. Well, let me take that back. It may have been a loaf of bread, but it was not a loaf of bread as you would purchase it at the store. You know how you go there? That's a plastic bag full of bread slices. You're like, all right, and you eat those two at a time with fucking sandwiches or toast or whatever the fuck. Get what this guy did. Get what this fucking dude did. And I just, I can't. And I, I, I'm telling you right now, this is the gig that got him the chaperone fucking thing. This is the move that got him the chaperone gig. Clearly, he said, uh, hey, uh, 
You ever see anybody pack lunch for fucking 12 in one bag before? They're like, eh, the hell you say? So this dude's got a fucking plastic bread bag. And in the plastic bread bag are individually wrapped and brace yourselves for this fucking jail story. Fucking baloney sandwiches. And I got to tell you, as a guy who does not stand for baloney, it's true. I won't stand for baloney. I I winced when I saw it because it was such. Look, I know you're on a plane. That means you had 200 bucks at one point in your life. But this is such a poor people move to make. This is this is tearing open the toothpaste tube to use your brush to scoop up the last squeeze because it won't come out of the top type of poverty, man. You he had it was filled with bologna sandwiches. When I say bologna, look, when I make a cold cut sandwich now, first of all, I get a nice turkey. I get a maple honey, perhaps a cracked pepper. I make a turkey. I, I just, I, this is how I handle my business. I like turkey. I don't, I like a cold ham. You know, I don't like a hot ham, but I like a cold ham. I'll get a, uh, I, I don't often get a roast beef. I find it dry, but I'll get a fancy boar's head. Like I said, I'm a boar's head man. You think boar's head makes bologna? No, occasionally I will slum with the boar's head mortadella because it's got chunks of pistachio in there. And that's just an Italian bologna. And I get that, but that's okay. I don't mind slumming with an Italian and bologna. It's got a good flavor. It's got a good taste. I enjoy it. I'm not a salami guy, but that's me. You can do whatever you want, but fucking it was straight up yellow plastic, clear dome, Oscar Mayer logo emblazoned on the last fucking slice because it's pressed so hard down in your grocery cart. Fucking baloney. Just and not even the beef. You know what? This motherfucker, I'm sure, didn't even spring for the beef baloney. He just went for fucking baloney. He's like, no, yeah, you want the beef? It's a little bit more nutritious. Ah, fuck these kids. I already had to pay for their airfare. Baloney it is. And it was white bread. That's even worse. Dude, this, I, he was, all he's trying to do at that point, if you make white bread bologna sandwiches, as I said, you're getting these kids commissioned and uh, getting them comfortable with their jail future. Obviously, they're all going to wind up in gen pop as they roam around this plane and wreak havoc on every adult who afforded a plane ticket. But uh, also, you're just you're just condemning them to a life of fucking hoboness. Why are you just giving below white? I don't even know. Look, I'm not even. Well, look, I should tell you this: there was mayonnaise on there because when he opened the bag, uh, it just that wafting. You know that fucking smell of mayonnaise. You ever, look, I enjoy mayonnaise. I like it on a sandwich. All right, Miracle Whip. You can talk me into it. I haven't had it in like fucking thirty years, but I could probably knock some back. But mayo, I like it on a sandwich. I put it on both pieces of bread. But the worst is when you make that piece of bread or you make that sandwich and then you slice that sandwich in half. Because also, like I said, I like a, I like a boar's head meat. I like some cheese. I like a Munster. I like a, I like a Colby. I like a cheddar. I also get this. I like a tomato on my sandwich. I like a little onion, perhaps. I, I'll go with lettuce. If I, if I feel like getting a whole head old lettuce, I'll do it. But I go, I go cheese. I go tomato. You get a little onion on there. You know, you know maybe a little salt and pepper, bing, bing. A little fucking uh, tagarashi if you want a little Japanese smash. You want to do something like that? You get that everything with the bagel seasoning on there. You, you liven it up. You put a little spice, a little fastball on your sandwich. This motherfucker, he's just making the kind of sandwich you get when you donate blood. You ever get that? You go there, you donate blood. You get two cookies, a little thing of orange juice, and possibly a jail bologna sandwich. That's what he had. Jail bologna sandwich. I've been to jail. This is what they fucking serve you. One time I had Carl's Jr. And then later in the day, they brought a bologna. I was going to say bologna. And I, my mouth got stuck. Bologna sandwich on white bread with one sluice of mayo. And uh, one little swipe. 
But when you make that sandwich at your house and you slice the sandwich in half and then you go wash the knife, you'll have that kind of that, you know that smell? Mayonnaise has that smell. It gets, it's very uh, tangy smelling. It's just, it just, you, there's no mistaking the scent of mayonnaise. And when he opened up this poor people luggage to reach in and fish out his poor people fucking jail sandwiches, that smell of mayonnaise wafted through the fucking cabin. And that's just, dude... There's more people here. Nobody wants to smell their the kid's future. Just go ahead and lock up these jail sandwiches, man. Nobody. We already know what's going to happen to these kids. But he uh, he had a stack. He had a stack of fucking bullets. So I guarantee you that morning he bought a loaf of fucking shitty-ass Kroger fucking store-brand white bread. He opened it up. He took one. He took the mayo out. He probably didn't even get the Hellman's. You got to go Hellman's. By me, you go Best Foods because it's Hellman's on the West Coast. Which, by the way, I I don't. I'm not sure I care for a mayonnaise with an alias, but I'll go ahead and do it. Why not? It's tasty enough. You can get away with having a fake name. Uh, why why does my mayonnaise need a disguise? I don't understand it. But I grew up. It's Hellman's. 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 I go out west. I'm like, where's the Hellman's? Uh, well, would you be interested in this Best Foods? No, I don't think I want fucking Hellman's. Take a look at the color of the jar. I don't, what? It sort of looks like Hellman's. Well, what's the color? I didn't look at the lid. What says best foods? Look on the back. Look on the back. Look on the back. All right. Uh, oh, known as Hellman's mayonnaise east of the Rockies. <laughs> what What terrible crime did Hellman's commit that they can't find themselves on the West Coast? I'm very disappointed in my mayonnaise. I did, I did not realize I was eating mayonnaise, the mayonnaise of scofflaws in the Midwest. And then the further west I got, I was going to have to go ahead and have, I look, I don't want to participate in you dodging the law, Hellman's. Go ahead and come clean. As delicious as I find your product to be, I will not, I repeat, will not hide you in the crawl space, the lair that I have in my bedroom, because I am not about to get mayonnaise on my mom's severed head. Uh, <laughs> so fucking, this dude, I, I guarantee you, he had like, you ever have like craft mayonnaise or any of that bullshit? Because you got to go Hellman's or Best Foods. I get it. And they're, and they're the same thing. But like I said, it's just Best Foods is just Hellman's with a fake mustache on, man. It's best Foods, Hellman's is just, they disguise themselves as Best Foods for Halloween. And they said, we enjoy this. We'll stay this way east, west of the Rockies, which is fucking just, if you have to have a directional on your mayonnaise label, you've, got, you've given me too much to think about at that point. Ha Did you know that we are Hellman's east of the Rockies and we are best foods west of the Rockies, but we are known as Jupiter sauce in space. Oh, north of Earth, we are Jupiter sauce. Well, get me a moon rock spoon. I'm going to gag on that shit as I take a trip out to fucking Mars or Saturn. Oh, dudes. All right. Uh, I, I don't need, I, the fact that my mayonnaise needs an alias does disturb me. Now that I say it out loud, I've never, you know, I've thought about it. Certainly I've waited in my brain, but now that I've discussed it at length and oh boy, is this at length, I have to say I'm uncomfortable with my mayonnaise needing to, to add some subterfuge to sneak its way across the Rocky mountains, which by the way, I picture the Hellman's family. They were with the Donner party. Maybe, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's what happened. Maybe the Donner party. Is there, the Hellman's family is accompanying the Donner Party through the Rocky Mountains and then a terrible frost. And the Hellman's family's like, we're down to the last strokes of our mayonnaise. What could we eat it with? And they fucking kill the Donner Party and they eat the fuck out of them with some Hellman's mayonnaise. And everybody's like, fuck, we got to figure out a way to cover this up. Well, people are going to know it's us as we leave these Hellman's jars behind. Well, uh... You know what? We need to figure out a different name if we, we finally cross the Rockies. All right, you, you're best foods. What? Yeah, you're the best foods family now. All right, fine with me. 
Uh, I did not know that Hellman's mayonnaise was complicit in the murder and cannibalistic ritualistic eating of the fucking Donner Party. But look what you learn. Here's what you learn on podcasts, folks. Here's what you learn on my goddamn show. Uh, Every bathtub is tested with a death. The Hellman's Party killed the Donner Party and then changed their name to Best Food so they could make it in the fucking west of the Rockies. Uh, and Hellman's mayonnaise in space is known as Jupiter sauce. All right. Um, these are all facts, folks. Uh, don't argue with me. So this guy's got the fucking bag and, and he, and just, it's just filled to bursting with jail and he fucking opens it up and he's like, who wants a sandwich? And everybody's like me, me. It's like fucking sea fucking world where they come swimming around with their mouths open. So he's passing out bologna sandwiches. And then when he sits down, I get to see. Because he has, he kept one for himself, which, by the way, bad chaperone. Feed the kids, you fuck. But he sits down, and they someone gives him the, the the Cheetos. They've already devoured half the fucking bag, so he's next to me. Now I got I got Cheeto dust. I'm inhaling. So now I got fucking Cheeto lung from fucking breathing that shit in. Uh, because you know why? Because I'm breathing through my mouth, so I don't have to smell the fucking Donner Party death mayonnaise. And uh, he opens up. You know, he takes out his lonely bologna sandwich, and he just he couldn't have looked more sad. He and and it was also. Uh, two pieces of white bread and it looked like one piece of bologna and then I could smell the mayonnaise and I just, oh my Christ, that just, this whole thing smells like goddamn sadness. You know what this all smells like? This smells like mom and dad don't get along anymore. <laughs> all these poor kids. So I guess I should give them some fucking hope as they're going off to yell club because maybe they'll get a yell fucking scholarship and they'll go yell in college. And they'll get out of college and they'll yell professionally. And uh, and then you got a podcast. That's that's all it takes. Uh, although, granted, I've gotten this job without a yell scholarship. But, uh, you know, there's still time. I'm still a young man, youngish. And none of that is true. Uh, so I get in the plane and these fucking kids are loitering all over the goddamn place. And then turns out there's a, uh, a disturbance on the plane, like I said. And I've got, I figure one of the kids did something dumb or they dropped Cheetos on somebody's head or I, I don't know, but I hear them announcing and it looks grave because there's, uh, the waitress is on the fucking phone and she's talking to everybody and she's like, blah, 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 blah. I don't know what it is, but she's flanked by the other waitresses. So now I'm like, hold on. If they're giving a united front, some shit must have gone down. And so I pull out my earbud just in time to hear her go, thank you. And she fucking hangs up the phone. And I'm like, oh, man, what did I miss? But nobody was being tackled, so I figured it was okay. And uh, then I I smelled something. I'm like, all right, mayonnaise is gone. What is this fucking smell? And I knew immediately what it was, but I was shocked to smell it on a plane because it's been at least, at least a decade, maybe even 15 years since I smelled this on a plane. But sure enough, I uh, I breathed in, and it was very clearly cigarette smoke. And I mean, we're midway through the flight, so it's not like because look, if somebody came in stinking a fucking butts, th- that happens, you know what I mean? Because some guy will be like, uh, "Holy shit, I'm gonna be in the air for two hours. I better smoke an entire pack at once." <laughs> And they fucking ruin their lives, their hair, their fucking uh, coats, whatever the fuck, their lungs. That's it, because you see that. You ever see that at the fucking airport? Some dude out working on two heaters at a time because he can't get on the fucking plane and control himself because he's a fucking infant. Uh, So sure enough, I smelled cigarette smoke and I was like, what the fuck? And uh, I'm sorry, my chair just made a noise. And I only remarked on it because I thought you might have heard it and I don't want you to think weird things about me. Uh, That came out of my lungs, that weird uh, squeaky noise. Um, 
So fucking cigarette smoke. And I look around and I don't then nobody's lit up, which is fine. So I just go back to sleep and it dissipates. And we uh, hit the ground in Chicago. Uh, I, and I, you know, Renee's off to her plane. Uh, well, I, mean, I, I should say this. I, I didn't really remember Renee. I was just getting my stuff together because I knew I had to catch my connecting flight at Midway. And, uh, I, you know, I was very nice. I let people out if they have their bags, because that's how I do it. I don't stand up right away when the fucking plane lands. I don't sit there and wait for people. And I don't cut in front of people as I'm a grown up. So, uh, I deboard the plane. Uh, is that what I did? I left the plane. Actually, I got off the plane <laughs> and I'm walking through Midway. And I'm looking for the board so I can find out where my Buffalo flight is and where the connecting flight is. And then I put my bag down. I'm trying to put my earbuds away and I'm doing this. And then uh, Renee comes up to me. She's like, hey, you. And I go, oh, hey. I'm like, oh, I, I forgot you were here. And I gave her a hug again. And uh, I said, where's your connecting flight? She goes, we're in B6. I go, you know, I can't find the boards to tell me where my flight is. She goes, oh, I think the boards are out here. Just follow me. And I said, okay. And her son was very nice. And then we walked out and she goes, did you see that guy? And I go, what are you talking about? And uh she said, that guy smoked on the plane. I said, oh, no. I said, is that what the disturbance was about? And she goes, yes. And she was sitting right by him. And apparently this dude, he got, he got in the bathroom and they smelled smoke coming out of the bathroom and they like knocked on the door and he got out and, uh, and they said, sir, you can't smoke on a plane. He goes, I didn't smoke. And they're like, sir, we can smell smoke. There's smoke coming out of the door. Like we can see it. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't smoke. And he walks over and they found him to a seat. And he sits on there like, well, where is the cigarette butt? Can you at least tell us? Because there are chemicals involved in the bathroom. And I look, I don't know if this is bullshit or not, but they're like, there's chemicals involved. This could be dangerous. That's why there is no smoking. It's a hazard on the plane. And I guess he just was like, I didn't smoke. I don't know what you're talking about. There's no guy. And he just, he just smoked and lied about it. Just completely lied. And then that's when they made the announcement to not smoke or vape on the plane, which, um, that's, that's, uh, that's happening a lot now. Hold on. My microphone fell again. Uh, I, when I went to see Tarantino, um, I've seen the movie three times. And I, did I mention this, that they announced they had the arc light person come out and do their fucking song and dance. And they had to announce, please don't smoke or vape or smoke weed here in the theater during this movie. And people, of course, yeah, woo. They're like, no, please. We will throw you out because a guy tried to vape the night I was there and they had to fucking stop him. Uh, what the fuck is wrong with people, man? And, and then this guy, so this guy smoking on the plane, you know, people, you know, you can't smoke on a fucking plane, but he just did it. And because American society is falling apart and people can just lie and fucking get away with it. He just did. You know, I, I'm glad they didn't. I'll tell you what, if they would have put us down in fucking Topeka somewhere and I would have missed my Buffalo collecting flight, I would have smashed the shit out of that guy's fucking head. I would have gone air marshal on him then. I'll tell you what, you think, oh, you weren't smoking then? Well, you'll be smoking now because I'll be punching you so fast your hair will catch on fucking fire. Jesus Christ. Uh, but that that's the thing is now people just can lie and just go, yeah, no, I didn't do that. No, what, what do you mean? Because everybody just gaslights everybody all the fucking time now. Jesus. Uh, so the dude smoked on the fucking plane. So Renee was telling me that story. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So I go, what did they do? She's like, they're, I mean, there's nothing they can do uh, short of landing the plane you can't really prove anything i suppose and i was like oh jesus christ so all right we dodged a bullet i suppose that we all didn't fucking die uh now i i've actually buried the lead here i guess i should have told you this uh you know i might i had two flights i had a flight from uh los angeles to chicago and uh and then i had a flight. i was having so much fun telling you about mayonnaise and bologna i totally forgot this uh I got on the plane, you know, and I said I posted that thing about the fucking 
uh, on Facebook, I posted about how I didn't have my microphone and ha ha and oh my God, what's going to happen. And so I sat on the plane and, uh, this is on the plane that's going from Los Angeles to Chicago and then on to Buffalo. Right when I boarded, I sat down, I found my seat in row 17 and I started to get my stuff out and I got my, you know, my wireless earbuds and I set up my phone so I could listen to stuff. And I was like, oh man, I don't want my phone to die. I go, well, you know, you're going to be in Buffalo so you can go ahead and charge it there, which is totally fine. Uh, but then, you know, when you go to Toronto, you'll, and, and I, it was just the word Toronto that did it in my head where I was like, yeah, you know, you go to Buffalo, well, you can charge stuff there. Well, I'm sure Ken will be right there and then we'll pick you up to go to Toronto. Fuck. Uh, I realized that I, uh, look folks again, I travel a lot. Let's talk about that, but I have not traveled a lot this year. So that's why you should all give me a fucking break at this moment for forgetting my microphone and also for forgetting my goddamn passport at home. Uh, I, 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 I have no excuse. I literally have no excuse. The, I mean, I will tell you this. I think the, the reason, because also I will tell you this, I was plotting this trip, right? I couldn't fucking wait. So in my head, I took, uh, I drove Sunday and then I packed a little on Sunday night. And then I was like, I had, I usually take an early morning flight. So I try to pack the night before, but I was leaving. I told you the flights at three o'clock. So I had to be at the airport at like one thirty, two o'clock. So I got plenty of time to pack in the morning. I was going to go to the gym at 10 and see John. And then I was going to pack whatever I needed to fucking pack. So I had plenty of time to focus on minutia. When I travel, I have a, you know, I have a fucking shaving kit, but I usually don't bring uh, toothpaste or mouthwash. Those are things I have to buy every city I go to because all of my toothpastes are giant tubes and I'm not going to be able to get that on the fucking plane. And mouthwash is, uh, I have, I use two different kinds of mouthwash, one in the morning, one at night. Hi, how are you? My mouth is fancy. Uh, but I didn't want to fill up the little bottles because then I got to put them in bags. And I just, I, it's usually, it's a hassle. I don't want to deal with. I'll just buy some scope and I can throw it out when I'm fucking done with it, wherever I'm going. But, uh, but sure enough, I this time decided, you know what, man, I'm going to fucking do this. So, uh, it, it literally, if you were going to accompany a, uh, um, uh, fucking medley or what the fuck a montage of me doing this the music would be like that old school 1950s film strip ding 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 just timpanies and shit because it's just me walking around and like you know calipers and a fucking lab coat on pouring mouthwash into a tiny carry-on bottle squirting conditioner my conditioner because i use a fancy conditioner so i wanted to bring that i'm like all right let's put that in the little bottle uh my facial cleanser because usually when i go on the road i use soap to wash my face i don't use soap at home because it damages me and again i'm an old person i gotta fix my skin so i uh this time i went ahead and put my facial scrub into a fucking container that i could get on the plane ding 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 i'm i'm walking around again stethoscope. I'm getting everything done. And I packed all of my toiletries. I was like, oh, this is fucking perfect. And in remembering conditioner and mouthwash and facial scrub and a bar of soap and both shavers and fucking shaving cream and goddamn hair gunk and razor blades and Carmex and every other fuck. Oh, I even remembered this. Here's, here's how fucking efficient I am. My right shoe right now, the shoelace is frayed and it's going to break at any moment. So I remembered to pack shoelaces for when it breaks on this trip. Ding, 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 ding. Look at me, fancy and smart, knowing about shoelaces and toiletries. You know what I don't know about? Microphones and passports because I'm a fucking goon, man. Uh, I, uh, the good news is I brought shoelaces to hang myself for my stupidity. Uh, I didn't have a passport. And so... um. 
I told Renee in, in when I, in, you know, in Chicago and she's just like, Jesus, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. She's like, how are you going to get into the, I go, I have no idea. I have no idea. So I posted it, uh, that I, that I had forgotten my passport and look, man, you guys are fucking awesome. Cause everybody kind of jumped into action. People tried to help me out. Jeremy in Seattle reached out. He's like, what do you do here? What are you going to do? And Murph, my buddy Murph in Illinois, they're just like, all right, I Googled this and I Googled that. And I will tell you this, they worked very hard, but they were seeing just the same information I was seeing. Cause I mean, I, I didn't like, sometimes on this show, I portray myself as a guy who just, uh, goes, Oh man. And kicks a rock and then sits down and the slingshot falls out of my back pocket. And then Mr. Wilson asks why I'm so sad. I'm, I promise you, I'm not a child. I'm not an infant. I know that when shit happens, you got to fix it. So I was trying to Google all of this stuff about getting into Canada without a passport, figuring out how to get back into America with a passport, you know, without a passport, all these different things. And as I'm Googling them, Murph is texting with me, uh, fearful Jesuit reached out and Jeremy of course reached out and, uh, they're all trying to help, which is super cool. And I appreciate it. Uh, and then I was telling him, Oh, I read that. I did read this. And Murph is so ridiculous. Murph is like, Oh, I probably know you thought about this and I'm stupid for even trying. It's like, no dude, you're helping me. Please continue to help me. Murph. You're the fucking King. Uh, uh you know, I, I, I get that feeling. Sometimes where you're just like, look, man, I'm sure you figured this out on your own or I don't even want to step up. Well, no, no, please step up. I need the help. Clearly. I mean, if I didn't need the help, I wouldn't forget my microphone and my goddamn passport back in fucking California. Um, but both Jeremy and Murphy were, were checking it out and, Mur- and Jeremy was very gloomy. He's like, look, man, um, you know, everything I'm seeing saying that this isn't good. I don't know what's going to happen. So now I'm trying to think of another strategy. Oh, and Ken reached out too. Ken, uh, who I'm staying with here in Canada, whose kitchen table I'm at right now. And I, I said to him, I'm like, yeah. I don't, and he's just like, dude, what the fuck? And I go, I know, I know. I can't even fucking explain it. So, and, but again, I say, I explain it this way. Because I concentrate on minutia, shoelaces and fucking toiletries and bullshit. And also because I kept looking at my ticket and it kept saying Buffalo because my final destination was Buffalo, even though I was flying to fucking, or I was going to Toronto. Eventually I flew into Buffalo. So in my brain, I didn't even think about Canada, passport, other country. I didn't think about any of that shit. So Ken was like, all right, let me see what I can do here. I'll try to find out some information. And everybody else was fucking Googling and stuff, which was awesome. And everybody was great. And then uh, I made my connecting flight to Buffalo and, uh, and nobody on that plane, which was fucking gorgeous. I had a road all to myself and, uh, crashed out, but still trying to figure out what was going to happen. I landed. And when I landed, I texted, uh, you know, Ken had texted me and I texted and Jeremy and Murph were very nice. Murph sent me an email and, uh, Ken just texted me and he's like, uh, I say, Hey, look, I've been Googling stuff. I don't know what's going on, but I just landed he goes, great. Just let me know when you're down at, at, at outside and I'll, I'll drive into the airport. And, uh, and he's, he's like, okay. Uh, and, and so I said, um, I don't know how I'm going to get into your country. And he's like, I got, it's taken care of. And I'm like, well, what? And he goes, don't worry about it. Just, I'll, I'll come pick you up. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Ken. Ken with two N's. First of all, he's hogging an N. Clearly, I'm not a fan of that. But, you know, it's Canadian. Maybe it's the Canadian thing. You get an extra consonant sometimes if you're a cool guy. And Ken is a cool guy. And Ken is the kind of guy who, uh, how do I put this, gets shit done. Ken is the kind of guy who saves the day. Ken's a cop up here in Canada. And, uh, and so he has connections inside and outside the border. Uh, he put in a call to Huggy Bear. I think he called Serpico. It got them on the case. Regardless, I went downstairs and uh, I said, hey, I'm outside. Blackhawks hoodie, big guy, distinct haircut. 
Uh, and he came to pick me up and I got in and I'm like, all right, what's the, I'm so sorry, dude. I don't even know. Cause I got to apologize. Just like Murph apologized to me for helping me with Google. I have to apologize to Ken for fucking up his night. And he's like, we're good. It's fine. turns out Ken, you know, he, I look, I don't want to say in case he doesn't want his magic revealed to the world, but Ken found out some information for me and I said, okay, cool. We'll see what happens. So we drove through Buffalo. We got to the border. It's about 20 minutes from the airport. And what the way it works is, you know, you just show them your passport and they're like, oh, all right, eh, go, go ahead inside, eh? And then they give you like a moose head. And I don't mean a beer. You get a Labatt's. Every day, you, before you go in, they're like, oh, eh, here you go, eh? And uh, you get a Labatt's and a fur hat. Um, but this time we pulled up and uh, I, I will tell you this. I had my real ID. So I was hoping that would carry some weight because I've got an old driver's license, but this real ID, we, you know, I had to bring my passport to get it. So that means America knows I have a passport, whatever the fuck. So we pulled up and the Canadian guy had to get, Oh, Hey there boys. Uh, what's your business in Canada? And I said, look, uh, and Ken, I, Ken was like, let me handle it. I said, okay. So Ken did uh, virtually all of the talking. And he said, hey, my friend's an American. And he forgot his passport because, you know, whatever, duh. And they had a good Canadian laugh. Oh, 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 those fellas in Canada's pants. Oh, 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 oh. they're so forgetful, eh? And, uh, and so they chuckled uproariously. And then I gave him my real ID. And then I gave him my two bank cards because that's going to get you. And hey, look, uh, Citibank and Bank of America have trusted me with plastic. Uh, so please let me into your country. Uh, and he said, oh, you mean the kind of plastic you use in plastic explosives, you know? Hey, you're planning on coming and causing some mayhem, you know? I never said any of those things. Uh, but he's like, all right, here you go. Here's your paperwork. Uh, you're going to have to pull in and go talk to someone, you know? And I said, oh, okay. Because uh, it, it, it was going far too smoothly, no doubt, at the gate. And Ken was handling it. It was really good. But then the guy's like, okay, pull into space 12, you know? Because this is fucking weird. Get this. They have 12s in Canada. Can you fucking believe it? Like I got up here and I was just expecting a whole new number system. I thought like Sims language. I didn't know what the fuck was going to happen, but they have 12s. Oh, you want to park over in uh, spot 12, you know? So we parked in spot 12 and he said, you're going to go into the right and go talk to a desk. So we were walking in and a couple of Mounties came rolling out of the old building. And one of them looked at us and he's like, uh, do you know where you're going? You know? And uh, we're like, yeah, we got to go in and talk to the guy at the desk. He goes, oh, and another guy walked out. He goes, hey, where are you going there, fellas? And we said, we got to go talk to the guy at the desk. He goes, oh, okay, well, what, what for then? And uh, I said, well, I've, uh, I'm an American person who's forgotten his passport. Oh, let me see your, uh, you got your IDs, though. I said, yeah. So I handed him the blank cards and the fucking thing. And he goes, oh, okay. Well, I'm the guy you got to talk to at the desk, you know, so come on inside. So we go in uh, through the door. By the way, I think I'm more Minnesota than Canada, but that's okay. I'm going to live in it. And I walk in and this guy, he walks in with me, but then he goes behind the desk. All of a sudden he's an authority figure. Four steps made this man an authority figure. Gets behind the desk and I meet him and he's like, okay, give me the IDs, you know. And I gave them to him and he goes, okay, what's, uh, what's your full name? And I said, Michael Glenn Schmidt. He goes, what's your business here in uh, Canada, you know? I said, just visiting friends, coming out for a week, hanging out with some pals. I said, I've done it three years in a row. It's totally fun. He goes, oh, then did you remember your passports then, you know? I, yeah, yeah, I did. And then he and Ken laugh. Oh, 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 forgetful, you know. Yeah, I was very forgetful. I, you know, I also forgot a microphone. Oh, what do you need a microphone for? And uh, foolish me bringing up the microphone. And I just blew it off like I didn't answer his question. I go, oh, yeah, I'm here to hang out with friends. And, uh, <laughs> and he just goes, all right, then. Well, let me take this. And he just, he like fucking filled out a three check mark form. 
And he handed me my IDs and he just goes, all right, go in there then, you know. And I said, oh, really? And Which I shouldn't have questioned. I was like so happy. I'm like, oh, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And then I said, hey, let me ask you this. Uh, what do I have to do to get back into my country? He goes, oh, you, you'll be fine. They'll, they'll let you back in. I go, I don't know, man. It's fucking, it's a Wild West show down there. And he's like, well, you can't, they can't refuse your entry into your own country, you know. So if you, if you show them your ID, it should be okay then. And then Ken's like, yeah, but he's still got to get his passport, right? Because we were going to have somebody FedEx it. I couldn't figure out what the fuck to do. And Ken's like, uh, he still gets his passport, right? And uh, and the guy's like, oh, it's probably a best idea, you know, if you have it. It, it won't. Because here's the way it works. Like, if if you don't, if you got your passport, they, they might stop you, you know, and look through your car, you know. But if you don't have your passport, they're going to ask you some questions, you know. And it's going to cost you time, but but eventually you'll get in because you're an American citizen. They'll be able to track that, but uh, it'll probably work better if you had it, you know. And Ken's like, what about pictures? The guy goes, oh, those should work. And so Ken's like, you don't have to get a chip, dude. Just get a fucking friend of yours to take pictures and text them. And I'm like, dude, that is a fantastic idea. Uh, so then, you know, Ken and, and this guy had back bacon and they put on their toques and they had a long conversation in, in Canada-ish. And I sat there while they laughed. Oh, forgetful. Oh, hey. Hey, 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 they did all that nonsense. And then, uh, and then, man, that was it. I, I, we walked out and I was like, dude, th- now look at me. Now I'm, I'm, I'm loose in your country without a fucking, with no passport to tether me. I'm a man without a country at this point. Uh, but I was, uh, but Ken saved the day and I was very happy about that because I, I, cause unfortunately the day needed fucking saving because I, but I brought shoelaces. I should have said it to the guy. I brought my shoelaces. Uh, and it was late and I was hungry and uh, there's really nothing open in Canada late. So we wound up going to Tim Hortons, which if you don't know what that is, it's the Dunkin' Donuts of Canada or Dunkin' Donuts is the Tim Hortons of America. I can't figure it out, but it's donuts, man. And it's late night food. And uh, we go to this fucking Tim Hortons. We walk in and it's uh, look, man, I, I'm I'm not stereotype Wilson. I'm just going to tell you this happened. It's an Indian crew. Uh, they're, they're, uh, they're very lovely people. They're nice. The woman was a little curt the gentleman was a little confused, but we would ask questions and, uh, and the answers were always bad because there were, dude, there weren't even any fucking donuts in the room. That's because we got there. It was like two 30, in the morning. I think it was, and there were no donuts, but we were hungry. And then they have, do they have fucking poutine at, at Tim Hortons? And they got these, all these fancy sandwiches and burgers and shit. And, uh, and so then they had breakfast sandwiches and she's like, we, uh, I'm not going to do her accent because that would be fucking terrible. Even though it was a Canadian Indian accent, which I guess I get, could I, oh, could I pull that, could I pull that off? Oh, you know, eh. <laughs> and probably not. But she was like, hey, uh, we only have, we have the sausage biscuit and then we have the, uh, the sausage sandwich on, on egg McMuffin or whatever the fuck on English muffin. And, and so Ken is like, well, you know, I think I want to get. I'm going to get six of these and four of these naked lady tees. And, and she's just like, we have a sausage sandwich and we have a sausage McMuffin, whatever the fuck. And she's, and we're like, all right. So I got a breakfast sandwich and he got a breakfast sandwich. And then I said, ah, oh, you know what? I'm going to get a chocolate cookie and I'm going to get a peanut butter cookie. And what's that fucking weird looking thing? Oh, that's an Oreo pocket, you know? And, uh, here's what they've done, folks. They've taken Oreos and they've somehow turned them into pop tarts and they've called it an Oreo pocket. It's not as big as a regular Pop-Tart. Not, not as big as a, a, a major league Pop-Tart. But this is clearly a minor league Pop-Tart. And it has Oreo filling inside of a chocolate uh, crunchy crust on the outside. Not crunchy. just like It's literally just an Oreo Pop-Tart. Uh, it's got the cream inside. And, it's, uh, and, and I, I'm sorry. Give me one of those goddamn things. And we sat down. 
And then, uh, you know, Ken and I shot the breeze. We talked about Canada, talked about his job, talked about my life, talked about subjects that I wind up talking far too much about, but we're going back and forth discussing stuff. And uh, there's an old man with a beard behind us. And I go, hey, that guy was here. I go, is this the same Tim Hortons we stopped in last year? He goes, yeah. I go, that dude was here, right? He goes, oh, yeah, that guy's here every morning. So he was absolutely here. And then that guy goes, oh, how about the Jays today, you know? Ken goes, oh, yeah, they, uh, they, get a, they got a big win. And he's, oh, yeah, you know, they got these young kids that are exciting, you know. And so they're having a fucking Canadian conversation. I'm staring at an Oreo pocket and just fucking drinking some apple juice because I, I was, like, so thirsty. And, uh, and then another old man walks in, and he sits behind me, and he sits behind Ken, all right, in a booth. So they're back to back. And we're talking, and, uh, you know, I didn't really notice. I'm, I'm talking, and, you know, me, I talk, and perhaps occasionally words that might have an F in them slip in at some point. So I'm just, I'm just, I, I'm just talking, man. And this cat, he leans back, and he turns around, and he gives me the old man look. Just the fucking, because, you know, he just looked, he looked, he just walked in off of a cough drop box or a Folgers can, you know, no beard, clean shaven, sweater. And he gives me a dirty look. And when he gives me the dirty look, I look at fucking Ken and I go, this is the same dude who was here last year. And Ken goes, yep, probably. I go, this is the guy who, when I was swearing, I apologized to him last year. He goes, yep. And I'm like, we hated this last year. There was a meth addict outside. I got yelled at. Why the fuck would you bring me to this Tim Hortons, man? He's like, it's what was open. So we, we continue talking. And, uh, and I tell a story that's far too fucking long. And, and I, and this guy looks back at me two more times with a, just a fucking grousy face. And I look, you know what? Fuck you, old man. I apologized to you last year and you got a full year off of my nonsense. So, you know what? Once a year, you know who I am? I, I'm like the Santa of fuck yous. I come to town once a year. I slide into your Tim Hortons and I pass out fuck yous to everybody and you get to keep it. Unwrap that fucking thing. That's yours. I got it just for you, gramps with your fucking hearing aid. Turn it off. You don't want to fucking hear me. We already got the rhyme of the ancient mariner talking about fucking Boba Shet behind us for a goddamn half hour. And then you sit in, you sit back to back with my friend, and you keep giving me the fucking look backwards. I'm glad I didn't get milk. You'd have curled it with your old man fucking stare. Last year, I felt bad for you. This year, fuck you, sweater. I'm just, I'm literally, I show up once a year. I just pass out fuck yous, and then you can open them. I slide down your chimney into your Tim Hortons. Take this fuck you, sir. I wrapped it up just for you. Uh, after the third grimace, he stares at me. He stands up, makes a big show of it, by the way, gets up, uh, grabs his belongings, uh, his, his whatever the fuck, pita pocket, whatever he's eating. Because now I will tell you this, by the time this old man gets here, magically there's donuts all over the fucking store. We walk in, there's a garbage bag of bagels. There's a puddle outside and then there's fucking uh, empty bare racks. Now I walk over to get a napkin. There's fucking donuts everywhere. This old man stands up. He gives the, he gives me one more fucking sour look. He walks all the way across the restaurant. This is not a joke. He sits in the table that faces me and, uh, and he looks at me, stares at me, shakes his head, sits down at his table, gets all situated and then looks up at me again and just shakes his head and then starts reading his book or whatever the fuck he had. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, this poor dude. Like again, last year I recognize, man, if I'm dropping F-bombs and shit like that, it can get a little fucking raw. I know that. But this fucking dude, I mean, this is two years in a row. You knew you knew what you were getting into, old man. Well, you could take today off. <laughs> I know, I, I'm a stroke. I shouldn't have said fuck a million times, but I did and I do. 
and then we enjoyed the rest of our Tim Hortons excursion, and then we got back to we got to Ken's joint, and man, did we! I just fucking, I I I couldn't sleep. It was it was five thirty by the time we got to his house, six o'clock. Then it was six thirty. I went upstairs to go to bed. It was seven. Finally, I I crashed at seven thirty p.m. I was or a.m. I should say seven thirty. I just laid down and I was like, fuck it. First night in Canada. I, I look. I made it in. I snuck in like fucking uh, uh, some spy behind enemy lines. I was able to make it into the goddamn country. No microphone, so I can't eavesdrop. Uh, and But I, that's okay. I've got plenty of facial scrubs. All my skin will look fantastic. And I've got shoelaces for any and all fucking tasks that might need shoelaces in up to and including tying my shoes. And... Uh, and I've already spent a couple of days here in Canada. I saw some people. I will tell you this. I'm, I'm going to. I'll tell you this part right now, because uh, I, I, I'm going to save some of this. I want to. I want to. I want to get as much as I can out of the Canada trip for you guys. But I'm. I'm talking right now. So yesterday, as you know, I forgot the microphone, and uh, I wound up doing a. Uh, I did a show on a mono microphone because our great friend Tanya brought it for me. A little toy fucking microphone, but it was fine. It worked out good, and I was able to make it work. Uh, but I, I, you know, when I mentioned I didn't have a microphone, our good friend Rick Wellbanks sprang into action. He's up here in Canada and this fucking guy doesn't even live in Toronto anymore, but he used to work at a music store. So he's in Nova Scotia. Uh, he's there for the total eclipse of the sun. And he went ahead and called his music store and he, first he texted me and he's like, dude, man, no microphone. What's going on? How are you? I said, dude, you're missed on this trip. Yeah. I fucked up at the microphone. He's like, what kind do you use? I said, well, I use this one. I sent him a picture of the one I use at my house. It's an AT2020, I, you know, USB mic. It plugs right into my fucking laptop. And, and this is kind of weird. I sent him that. I said, I use this one at my house. I said, but I can use anything here. I just used, I used, uh, I'm going to use Tanya's, because this is two days ago when I was talking to him. So I'm going to use Tanya's got a mono mic that I'm going to use for just to you do a placeholder show, a teaser trailer. I said, but I can actually buy a fucking snowball, some shitty mic just to get me through here. I can, I can make that work. And he, uh, he, then he texts me and he goes, what about this mic? And he sends me a photo. <laughs> it's totally true. He sends me a photo of the exact microphone I sent him. The one I use at my house, an AT2020 USB microphone. He's like, how about this one? And I'm like, bye. And I don't know if he was teasing or if he genuinely didn't see the photo I sent, but I wrote him and I go, that one would work great. And I think because he sent me a 2020 USB plus and I sent him just a 2020 USB. I don't, I can't figure it out, but it made me laugh. I laughed out loud. What about this one? I was like, ha well, you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. That one looks terrific considering I sent it to you 90 seconds ago. Uh, he's like, here's the deal, man. And he explains to me how he's going to get me this microphone. And uh, he, cause he's like, I need a microphone anyway. So I'll grab this one. You can borrow it and use it while you're in town. And then the guys will just give it back to me. Because again, he's far away. He's in Nova Scotia. They're going to have to ship it to him. And I'm not going to see him this week. But dude, think about that. I'm not going to see this fucking guy this week. But he went above and beyond to contact the store he used to work in Toronto to get this fucking microphone for me. Fucking cool. Again, like I said, can get shit done. Fucking Rick saves the day. Everybody else here is fucking fantastic. Tanya comes through with a fucking box full of wires and shit. It's, it's just everybody here is unbelievably cool in, in uh, like I said, Canada's pants. We're above Canada's pants. Let's call it that. I guess it's America's hat still. Uh, certainly not a visor as we talked about. Ugh. Um, but that's the reason I'm able to do this show today and talk to you, but let's get back to what a fuss budget I am again. Here's, here's, this is me and I don't mean to be this guy, but I'm this guy sometimes. And by sometimes I mean a lot of the time, uh, this microphone is exactly what I use, but at my house, I have a microphone arm for it. So it sits on a stand and it actually comes up. It's like right at mouth level. Well, 
I, I don't have my microphone stand with me on this trip. I have this microphone, which works perfectly, as you've heard throughout this entire goddamn show. But I, and I also get this. So uh, I also don't have my fuzzball. You know, I used to have a sock that I would put on my microphone and uh, that was knitted for me by the great Andrea Bills. But instead, uh, I not, then I bought a foam top. So now I got like a clown nose that goes on top of my microphone. It's great. I don't want to pop my peas for you people. Um, so, but you know, Rick got me a microphone. He's not going to give me a fucking arm too. I don't He doesn't need one. I don't really need one. But when you open this box, it's got the microphone and then it has, it has a little tripod stand, but it's not, you know, it's only, I don't know, five inches tall, maybe six inches tall. So I, I was scouring around for where to place this microphone and I found a book, you know, uh, uh, our buddy Ken's reading a book. So I grabbed the book. So I have to put the stand on top of the book and it's still not high enough. So I'm now hunched over like, like a fucking ridiculous AM DJ. I've just got my whole shoulders are hunched. I'm going to need a fucking massage at the end of this goddamn broadcast. And I've got the tripod balanced on the book. I'm leaning forward talking. And I, why am I not popping my peas? Because I'm talking directly into one of my Hanes socks. And I, I, it's just, it's me. It, look, I, I, it's, it's a sock on a, on a new microphone that was provided by Rick Wellbank sitting on a fucking book that, that Ken's in the middle of reading. It's just, it's a, it's a piecemeal show. It's, it's, it's a sock and a microphone and a book that I never thought would come into play this week. It, well, a sock I did because it's going to be a sock, but I mean, it didn't want to be a fucking microphone thing. I thought I was going to be fine. And then I forget everything, but yet Canada rallies. Canada saves the fucking day. Tanya saves me yesterday with a goofy ass toy microphone. Rick saves me today with this fucking microphone. Uh, Ken gets me into the goddamn country. Murph working. Jeremy trying. Tim Horton. Uh, That's a failure. I'm not going to lie to you. That's a failure. Clearly that's a failure. But everything else has been clicking on all cylinders thanks to the kindness of everybody who reached out and tried to help me. I appreciate it very much. And like I said, I'm a fuss budget man, but I still fucking get it done. Because uh, if I have my own microphone on my own stand at my own desk in my own house, I can bust out a show for you guys. And if I hit the fucking road, whether I'm in my car with a phone, whether I'm at my ex's house naked in bed with a goddamn microphone, whether I'm here in Canada with a new microphone that belongs to my buddy Rick on loan and a goddamn fucking sock, a tube sock and a book and a table and a cop snoring his ass off upstairs. You know, I'm like the fucking post office, neither wind nor rain nor sleet nor fucking hail nor a snoring cop nor a fucking tripod that's only five inches tall or a fucking book or Rick Wellbanks living in Nova Scotia. None of that shit's going to stop me from bringing you guys a fucking podcast. And don't think it doesn't make me happy to know that you're here every fucking week to listen to it. You guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt comedy.com. You guys can be my friend at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. Did you know I'm on Instagram and Snapchat? I am Mike four zero Y O B at Instagram and Snapchat. I'm out there lurking. Find me, snap me, send me something, please. I thirst for your content. Include me in your loop of friends. I must see your photos of you in your most intimate settings. Uh, I'm on the PS4 network too at Mike40YLB if that uh, does something for you which it probably won't but who cares I'll fucking mention it why not uh, so that's Twitter that's Instagram that's Snapchat that's all the places I am that's where you'll find me our buddy Ryan Dirks he does all of the web stuff for the show you can find him at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks I owe him a, mo- a note myself but I owe everybody a note including Charles Jousma uh, and our buddy David Hernandez you may know David Hernandez right he's the king 
the man who does all the music, the man who does all the artwork for this show. He's the best of all time. And you want to go ahead and find him. Be his friend at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. Uh, you don't, don't, you're not going to find him there. What, what uh, folks? It's uh, I apologize. I'm all twisted up. I'm in a different time zone. I'm in a time zone. I'm in a time zone. Uh, it's me and Johnny Lydon. It is not Africa Bombada because he is very busy at the orphanage. <laughs> that might be in questionable taste, but who cares? Uh, all right. So here's the deal. Our buddy, uh, what the point? Uh, literally, ah, uh, fuck. Sorry, Josma. Uh, you want to find David Hernandez. You want to be his friend at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. That's where he is. And that's where you'll fucking find him. And while you're there, peruse all of his photos that he has and all of the artwork that he's done for this show. Cause he's been tagged in all of it. You can find it and take a look at it. It's amazing stuff. And you know, you're going to want to hire him to do artwork for you. That's right. You're going to want to do that. You can find him at artbydmh.com. But before you do that, like I mentioned, go to facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Check out all of the stuff he has on display. You can see all of the artwork he's created. And also, he has a Facebook club. That's right. It's a closed club. Closed club, which is my favorite kind of sandwich. He has a closed club that you can go ahead and check out called uh, That's Dumb, I'm Dumb, You're Dumb, We're Dumb, Everybody's Fucking Dumb. I think it's called that. It might be a little shorter than that. But I think it's called, literally, it's That's Dumb, You're Dumb, I'm Dumb. Or it's you're dumb, I'm dumb, that's dumb, they're dumb, we're dumb. Um, and what it is, is a, it's a group of like-minded people exchanging memes and basically casting their jaundiced eye askance at the world and sharing their skewed viewpoints on this page together. If you'd like to be part of that group, you can go ahead and check out the page. Uh, well, no, you can't actually, it's closed. You can go ahead and ask to be I made, a, made a member of the page. But if you do that, I got to warn you, our buddy David Hernandez is going to reach out and give you three questions to answer. One, two, three. There you go. That's three. That's a hat trick. A hat trick of questions. Can you pot that hat trick? Oh, that's right. I use Canadian terms because I'm up here. eh? You got to go ahead and uh, what's it all about? Well, it's about you getting a hat trick of uh, questions answered. And then you're that's dumb. They're dumb. We're dumb. I'm dumb. eh? You know, about uh so you want to go ahead and answer these questions three three how many questions let me ask you this how many questions do you had to answer to get it be a member of that's dumb they're dumb we're dumb i'm dumb you're dumb uh three a one a two a three a three that's how many questions you got to answer so do it man and be part of the fucking group because then when you're in there you can see other characters he's created in his artwork travails i think he's got a he's got a cat named uh, bumpus is that his name rumpus he had a rumpus room on the plane. Slumpus, I think that's his name. Regardless, he's created all these fucking magnificent creatures. He's created all these great memes. He's made unbelievable artwork. And you want to hire him to do artwork for you, this is the place to go. Because you can check out his Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. See all the stuff he's done for this show, which is astonishing. You can join the Westside 86 Jokers fan club. Why not get in there? Because he's done a ton of artwork in there as well. And you'll see really fucking evil looking cool stuff. And in this this, 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 the, this is dumb, that's dumb, you're dumb, I'm dumb, they're dumb page. Go ahead and check that out because he's got tons of artwork there that he's created, original characters, and that's the kind of work he can do for you. If you want him to paint something for your house, paint something for your office, he's available to Facebook caricatures, all of those cool ass things, but you got to, uh, con- got to contact him first at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. But also if you want to check out his more corporate artwork, which I enjoy, and he's got a fucking cool ass, uh, just a whole great bunch of great stuff at the website. I'm going to tell you to go visit it now. Well, first, facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Check out all the stuff there. Go join the This Is Dumb, That's Dumb, We're Dumb, I'm Dumb page, and you'll see the cool work he's done there. But go to artbydmh.com to see the corporate stuff, uh, and you'll just see 
the, the three faces of Eve, the three faces of Max, the many facets of this man who's incredibly multi-talented and has many places you can find him, but the most important places, as I've mentioned, facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. That's as dumb, that's dumb, you're dumb, I'm dumb, we're dumb on Facebook. It's a closed group. Get ready to answer some questions. Or artbydmh.com, that's right, A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H dot com. I don't want nobody fucking with me in these streets. Sing, children. I don't want nobody fucking with me in these streets. Uh-uh. I don't want nobody fucking with me in these streets. Cause ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> ain't nobody got, ain't nobody got time for that. Shit. <laughs> that was a tour de force. That was a piece de resistance, as I say up here in Frenchtown. Frenchtown, Canada. That's where I'm staying. Uh, that is our good friend, David Hernandez. Uh, there apparently, I don't know if it's a meme. I don't know what he saw or where he saw it, but it was three young ladies and they sang that song that you just heard David perform. And it was one woman who had the lead. She had a couple of people chiming in and I, I, I don't know the context. All I know is he posted it on Facebook. He's like, allow me to introduce my new theme song. And then, uh, a lovely and talented listener of the show named Erica Burris, who is soon to be moving to Abu Dhabi. Or, uh, or parts thereof, somewhere close. Qatar, I don't know. She's going to the Middle East, though, with her, uh, her husband, who is, get this, promoted to a super general. I didn't even know they had that rank. But somehow, this man has climbed his way up to super general of the Air Force. So that means he's going to be the guy who's in a control room with consternation, staring out at giant robots or dinosaurs that are crushing the, the earth. <laughs> he's he's going to be very saddened as he looks outside of television monitors and goes, we've got to get this thing under control. That's going to be Erica's husband. Uh, Super general of the Air Force, uh, Erica Burris's husband. I don't want to say his name because he didn't give the authorization to do so. But Erica's a listener and I've mentioned her many times before, but she chimed in. And she's like, oh my God, this is your, uh, this is your theme song. This is fantastic. You've got to do a version of this. And or no, I, I don't know if she said that. She said, this is great. And he said, I wonder if Mike Schmidt would let me do a version of this on his show. And she said, please. And then uh, I wrote a, a, a clever quip because that's what I do online, folks. I write clever quips all the time. And then, uh, but he knows that anything he fucking sings is getting on the air here. It doesn't, unless he sings a song about me fucking Mike Blows, which would be a terrible song. Um, but it's to the tune of Fuel Flows by the Beach Boys. <laughs> um, all right. So I was going to, now I was going to sing that. Uh, white, hot. All right, never mind. Um, so he, he's finally, uh, he's like, all right, hold my beer. And he fucking recorded the song, I think, in an hour. Or however long it fucking takes him to make up brilliance. And he, and he churned it out and he emailed it to me. So now you're hearing it right there. That was 40 seconds of fucking awesome David Hernandez. Uh, you know, he, he, he saw it online and then he duplicated it here. He actually he may have surpassed it. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to disparage these ladies because they were fucking amazing. But that's David alone in his fucking house. And the turnaround time on it was incredible. And I'm so happy and lucky to have him involved with the show. And thank you, Erica, for encouraging him to do such a thing. Uh, but there you go. So that's what David was doing there. Um, we have sponsors. Did you know we have sponsors? We do. 
Well, first of all, let's talk about this for just a second. Who wants to drive for Uber and Lyft? Well, fuck it. Let's talk about our sponsors first. There's our good friend, Fearful Jesuit. I mentioned him earlier in the show. He reached out to me to see if I was going to be okay getting into this country. And I did. And I was, um, the new, I will tell you this, the new paranoid strain is on the way. I actually have it here. I've not finished digesting it. I don't want to give away what, well, fuck it. I'll just tell you it's, uh, it's about the fucking moon landing folks. It's guy. It's fucking awesome. Uh, I, I, I can't go into details yet, but because it, it has not been released, I've just gotten my preview copy, but what you need to do now is go to the iTunes store and subscribe. That's right. Subscribe to our good friend, fearful Jesuit and the paranoid strain podcast available now on the iTunes store. The paranoid strain is there. You can download and get all of the past editions of the paranoid strain, which is fucking perfect. I'm yawning. Fuck. Uh, but last month was about the Kennedy assassination, which was just fucking devastatingly great. And now you want to pick up this one about the moon landing right now, lurking in the iTunes store. And well, it's not, I apologize. It's not lurking now, but it's on, on the way soon. I have my preview copy because I'm really fucking lucky because the man sponsors me. You know what? Get a show. Why don't you get a fucking show and fearful Jesuit will sponsor that. And then you'll get the show ahead of time. Okay. Get off my back or ass. I was gonna say ass. I was gonna say bass. Get off my bass. Get off my Billy Largemouth bass singing on my goddamn wall. Uh, but right now, go subscribe to The Paranoid Strain. Our friend Fearful Jesuit can be found via email, theparanoidstrain at gmail.com, theparanoidstrain at gmail.com. Reach out to the man. Write him a note. Tell him you love the show. You're looking forward to this moon landing episode. Tell him this was one small email for man, one giant email for him as a content creator, and you're happy to reach out and give that fucking thing to him. And uh, and leave a review in the iTunes store. Like I said, go there and subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. Leave a review. You know what? You want to be prescient? Leave a great review about the moon landing episode that hasn't even fucking come out yet. You'll be a genius. God damn you yawns. Fuck, I'm fighting it off. Uh, I'm sure a sponsor doesn't like when you yawn in the middle of a spot. Uh, but that could just be an indication of how bored I am with my show right now. And I can't wait to get the excitement of the goddamn sponsor show. Our friend, Paranoid Strain, Fearful Jesuit. Go ahead and download it right this second and review it and tell them it's great. Because it is great. Fearful Jesuit. Danny Unicorn. The Paranoid Strain at gmail.com. Paranoid Strain in the iTunes store. Download it now. Subscribe. Moon landing coming. Assassination in the rearview mirror, but still there waiting for you to listen now. Please patronize this man. He patronizes me. Without his support, I, I couldn't be telling you to support him. Wait a minute, what? Uh, he's there. Go find it. <laughs> Who wants to drive for Cameo? No, that's not a thing. Someone wants to drive for Uber and Lyft. Holy shit. I'm, I'm all scrambled. I'm a time difference Canadian. It's all fucked up. New microphone, sock, fuss budget. I'm sitting here holding this fucking tripod. I'm hunched over. It's falling off the fucking book. That's never good. All right. Uh, who wants to drive for Uber and Lyft? It's a, it's a career. It's a quality career, folks. Uh, if you do want to do those things, first of all, if you want to ride with Uber or Lyft, you can, you can use this code for Lyft. Mike720057. If you're a first-time rider with Lyft or you want to be a driver for Lyft, Mike720057, and that's all capital letters, M-I-K-E, 720057. Use that code if you're a first-time rider. Use that code if you want to drive, and I'll get some dough sent my way, depending on if you complete a certain amount of rides in a month. And I know you will, or else, ah, God damn it, I'm going to punch myself. Um, you would never sign up if you didn't want to go ahead and complete this task. Uber, that exists, folks. Uh, the code there is DJZW1YTTUE. That's all lowercase. DJZW, the number one, YTTUE. If you're a first-time rider on Uber, use that code. If you're a driver on Uber, use that code. And make it happen, man. Get me, uh, get me some fucking spiffs and let them think that I'm a hitter. 
I want Uber and Lyft drivers out there. I need a pyramid scheme to work for me, folks. Go ahead and use my code, damn it. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, attention, we have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can go ahead and find me on there and all of my videos. There's all sorts of the, well, the archives of the podcast are up there. There's old stand-up videos. Uh, you know, if you search my name, you can find an old Name That Tune video I did with Jimmy Pardo. Someone posted that on Facebook this week because we mentioned it in the Twitch stream. Uh, that exists. You can go find it. And it's really silly and fun. So please go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Again, let's YouTube know that we're famous and fun, uh, or at least one of those things is true. And, uh, and I'd appreciate it. Go ahead and support that YouTube channel. Thank you. Uh, who wants to be a Patreon patron? Is it you? I can think of one person who wants to be one. And so he did something about it. Our good friend, Mark Melnick. He reached out and became a Patreon on uh, a patron on Patreon this week. Thank you, Mark Melnick, for thinking of me. I like to have alliterative people on board. We've mentioned you in the past and we'll mention you again, I'm sure in the future. But Mark Melnick is now a Patreon patron. If you'd want to be the same way, go to patreon.com slash the 40-year-old boy or Mike40YOB or just search my name, Mike Schmidt, on Patreon. You'll find me and you can become a patron there and support this show, support the Twitch streams. Support any endeavor that I might wind up doing, trips like this to Canada. Why not? You want me to go do live shows, live podcasts, live things? Then go ahead and become a patron of Patreon and, uh, and think of me. And when you think of garbage, think of Akeem. Do that as well, please. But go ahead and subscribe at Patreon. Become a patron at Patreon to this show, Mike Schmidt, uh, live comedy, the 40-year-old boy podcast, and the Twitch stream, and all of that cool stuff. We need your support. And you know who knows all that? Mark Melnick. So he stepped up, goddammit. Go ahead. You know what? Be a fucking Melnick. If you're out there right now and you're doubting the fact that you think you should be a Melnick, I'm telling you right now, be a fucking Melnick. Don't fucking, don't half-ass this shit. Step up and be a fucking Melnick today. Go to patreon.com slash me. <laughs> Mike, whatever the fuck, search my name and you'll find it and go be a fucking Melnick, won't you? Uh, you know, if you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, you go to the media, no, not the media page. You don't want to go there. That's a cool page though, but you should go to the merchandise page. And when you're there, you know, we know that's the Joe business page. When you're on there, you'll find the Amazon link that supports this show. Click on that. And then you're shopping at Amazon. Cause look, you're going to shop at Amazon anyway. They run the fucking world. And if you want to get something, you're going to want to get it from Amazon. Cause you don't want to leave your goddamn house. You're hiding under the covers. You want to get a, a sex toy or, or perhaps a, some corn on the cob holders or some other bullshit, a weed whacker, whatever the fuck order all that stuff from Amazon. And they'll bring it to you this second post haste, but use my code while you do it. Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, go to the merchandise page, look for the Amazon link floating there on the old wall, and then click through, and then there you are, discovering a world of pure imagination, and you're buying uh, edible buttercups, and you're buying all sorts of big, giant, inflatable candies, and please, just don't get stuck in the fudge pipe, that's all I ask. Do not get stuck in the chocolate pipe when you go ahead, just like Augustus Gloop. Yeah, and as we all know, there's nothing more painful than getting an Augustus Gloop caught in your chocolate pipe. So please don't be Augustus, but uh, but actually be, be a hoarding over-purchaser of things using my link, that would be fine. Go If you want to be a fat little Augustus Gloop tribute as you buy stuff because you get at me and I'm starving. That's cool. But don't get caught in the chocolate pipe is my point. But please use the link. We get money, they get money, you get stuff. It's a perfect symbiotic relationship for me, you, and Bezos. Look at us. We got an open relationship, me and Bezos. We let you right in there. We're kind of poly. We're kind of open. We're kind of, we're, we're just, you know, we're just trying to make you the meat in a goddamn Schmidt Bezos sandwich. Why not climb between us? Just a couple of fucking hard-ons pointing right at you. You just get in there and we'll just fucking square peg round hole the shit out of you one night. Look at me sticking my hard dick in your back. That sounds horrible. I can't believe I said that sentence out loud. And yet here it is. And I'm not going to go back and take it out. That list that lives forever. That now in 10, in 10 years and I'm plugging this fucking show, I'm going to go back and listen to episode 49 of year 11 and hear the worst sentence I've said in the history of this goddamn show. Um, so please use the Amazon link. We get money. They get money. You get stuff. 
Uh, again, think of me and a naked Bezos and you making money for all of us. That's fantastic. Thank you for thinking of me going ahead and doing that. Patreon, Amazon, YouTube, Uber and Lyft, and Cameo is the thing I want to talk about right now. Cameo is the thing where I can call you. And look, I, I was talking about it, and it, for some reason, there was a run on it. I think I did four of them this week, right? Uh, people were very nice. Our friend Mary Beth, our friend John. Uh, yeah, I don't want to say more names because these people, don't they don't want me to say them. But regardless, I did these messages. Who was the other... I think I did three. Was it three? There was a third. Oh, Elise. I did one for Elise, our good friend Elise. So people who reach out on Cameo, I will do a message. And I'll tell you this. I, I, the messages I've been making are quite long. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to scale them back in some way. So if you've, if you've gotten a Cameo up to this point and you got a long message, well, good for you because it's not about to be another long message uh, again, although it might be. I don't know. I went to like Gilbert Gottfried and people like that. They're doing like minute long messages, minute and a half. I'm not kidding. Two of the cameos recorded this weekend, 13 minutes. I think I told you that yesterday on the teaser trailer. So uh, I'm going to have to fucking throttle that down. Nobody wants a mini podcast showing up in their goddamn phone. Or do you? Maybe you do. Uh, but book me on Cameo and we'll find out. Who knows what you'll get? I could talk for six seconds. I could talk for 60 minutes. It's a, it's a coin flip. It's a crapshoot. It's another thing that's like another thing. So please go ahead and book me through Cameo and I will send you a message via the phone and you'll see my face yapping with my perfect hair and my slowly being revealed cheekbones. Why not? Go ahead and look at me when I talk. You hear me now. That's great. You hear me now? Ha <laughs> ha. I hate that guy. And he switched jobs, didn't he? He was the Verizon guy. Now he's like the Sprint guy. Uh, why would you go to Sprint? I had Sprint. It was fucking awful. Oh, Sprint was one of the worst fucking experiences of my goddamn life. Let me tell you this, folks. Before I left my house, I was cleaning up and getting stuff done. Uh, what, did, what was I going to culminate in? What was I telling people to do? What did I just say? Uh, oh, Amazon. Yeah, do that. Uh, <laughs> I was, uh, you know, I'm cleaning my house before I split, which is a good thing I did because now that Pat Francis, my good friend, is going to have to go to my house and take photos of my pa- passport and uh, send them to me so I can get back into the country. Um, I did laundry, took the garbage out, brought in my recycling, did all the dishes, cleaned the counters, you know, cleaned the bathroom, all the stuff I needed to do to get out of town. And then I was, the last thing I did was I, you know, I packed a suitcase, but I made the bed. Now get this. I made my bed and uh, I, it's warm in Los Angeles. I don't have a cover on the bed. I have two top sheets. So I'm going with a double, I'm going with a topsy, I'm going topsy turvy. I'm going a couple of top sheets and they're together. And I, so I made the bed and I do this, you know, the thing where you grab the edges and you throw it in the air and it comes down gently and then you straighten it out. Well, I did that and I felt something hit my foot. And, uh, and I was like, well, I don't know what that is, but whatever, I'm not even going to look. So then I fucking shook the sheets out of my bed and I did it again. I made the bed. And then I looked down where my foot was and I, I was like, all right, what could, because then I'm terrified. No, I don't know. Was it a bed bug? Was it another bug? Is it a spider who was in my bed just waiting for me? And I, I, I shuffled them out. Is there a spider family in there lurking, trying to fucking get a hold of me? I don't know, man. All I know is something fell out of the bed and hit me in the foot. And I looked down and I saw a white thing on the ground. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I pick it up, dudes. And I knew from the shape what it was, but I didn't know what the fuck it was doing in my bed. I pick it up. <laughs> I'm not fucking kidding you. It's a fucking Rick Nielsen cheap trick guitar pick. What the fuck? How did that get in my bed? Like I, I bought this bed from Siegel a million years ago. All right. And, uh, and I've made the bed numerous times since. In fact, I've changed the linen more than once and washed it and heated it up. And I've moved the mattress around. I've actually flipped the mattress, to try to keep it space and never before has any sort of guitar pick fallen out. So I don't know if this was tucked in the seams. Is Mike just was he? Did it, was it like a good luck Nielsen? Was that what it was? He needed a good luck Nielsen so he could get a nice sleep. Um, I, wait, a, you know what? Actually, now that I think about it, hold on. 
perhaps, and you hear me, and I, I swear to God this wasn't written. It just popped into my brain right now because I was just going to vamp on this on the way out because it was ridiculous to have this pick. I couldn't. I, I texted it to Pat. I go, I found this thing in my fucking bed. I have no idea how it got there. I don't know what, I, I have no clue. But now that I think about it, perhaps now let's let's enjoy and i know you're you're look you're already way ahead of me it flashed into my head but now i'm going to relate it to you but you already knew i was going to say this what if somehow mike siegel kept the rick nielsen cheap trick guitar pick in his bed to ward off the dream police now think about that folks the dream police they live at night in his head the dream police they come to him in his bed the dream police they're coming to arrest mike siegel oh no but not now because they show up and he goes Ready? You don't come to a throne if you're not gonna suck a dick. Heck. 